What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Panic Attack with Big John. Joined again by my buddy Doc for a Mega Powers cast. And tonight we have to talk about the speech from Joe Biden, the battle for the soul of the nation, they called it. He called it that. Uh, in, at Independence Hall in front of 300 invited guests. Invited guests, the key word there. And Doc, welcome to the panic attack. Let me remind everyone, like, share, subscribe, comment. Follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. So how you doing, Doc? How did you how much does your head hurt after this speech? <laughs> well, can you hear me okay? I can hear you good. Um, you know, I don't it, it so I'm speechless. Um I I think knowingly or unknowingly I mean, if we're talking about Biden, probably unknowingly. Uh, I think there's some people in the Democrat Party that are trying to start a, uh, a civil war, trying to start riots. Uh, I can't believe that a sitting president of the United States would say, uh, and I was trying to make the clip of it here from C-SPAN before we started, <clears throat> but I didn't get to it. But, but in so many words here, the, the president said that 96% of the Republican Party, the opposition party, is uh, un-American and a threat to democracy, his political opponent. As a matter of fact, the quote here is um, the full quote. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans, are MAGA Republicans or have an extreme ideology. Well, first off, 96% of the Republican Party supports Donald Trump. And I get that by taking uh, polling data that I've seen that shows Trump against other uh, opponents. And when you take Ron DeSantis out of the picture, uh, between 80 and 90% of the Republican Party uh, in these polls, will vote for Donald Trump. And I get the other 6% by uh, looking at what Trump got from Republicans in the 2020 election. So it's pretty safe to say uh, over 90% of the party supports Donald Trump. So, you know, I don't know where Biden's getting these figures that a majority of Republicans are, are not MAGA Republicans. And number two, um, make America great again. America first principles are not an extreme ideology. Uh, the press secretary uh, the, the today came out and said that if a majority of the people are for something and you happen to be against it, then you're th that is the new definition of extreme. I mean, that's incredible. So um, they're laying a groundwork here the foundation heading into the midterms that if you support Donald Trump and likely if you're a Republican, you're an extremist, you're, 
one could say, a domestic terrorist. Uh, he went on to say um, that today's Republican Party is dominated, driven, and intimidated. Oops, I just lost my place. Um, it kind of resets on you when you move the cursor. Um, but it's intimidated by Donald Trump. And there's no doubt about this Republican Party is their, their leader is Donald Trump. And the reasoning for that is um, when Donald Trump was president before the pandemic, more people from more different walks of life and economic classes benefited from these policies than in recent time. And somehow that gets turned into fascistic thought when it's Biden's DOJ that continues to target uh, Trump supporters and Donald Trump himself with the unconstitutional uh, raid of his personal effects and then posting it online for everybody to see. I mean, we can get into the details of this as it goes on and on, but this is extraordinary. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders, and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. I mean, that's incredible language from any president. I don't know if a president ever in this country has said such things about the political opposition. And what makes it all the more confounding is that this was a guy who ran uh, decrying this kind of political speech. Yeah. And saying that Trump was the one that was stoking the flames. This is stoking the flames. Here, here's the quote. There is no question that Republican Party today is dominated, driven by, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, and that is a threat to this country. 96% of the Republican Party is a threat to this country. Now, I don't know what... I, I, I mean, I don't know what to what... Per, I mean, he clearly wasn't speaking to the country. No. He, he, he was speaking to the Democrat Party base that they need to get out and motivate to vote. And if this is their base to say this kind of stuff, that's a whole nother podcast, Big John. That's fucking scary. I mean, there's the quote. I'm reading it from C-SPAN. Read yeah, this is the direct transcript from C-SPAN. C-SPAN.org, the, the speech. I'm going to read. This is, I read a lot to you, but this is, this is the thing. This is the nut. Let me get back to it again. But there is no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven by, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. He I mean, just put yeah. 74 million American voters 
a threat to the country. Right. Now, what he'll say is, well, not all the people that voted for Donald Trump are a threat to the country. This is just this extreme ideology, these people who identify as MAGA Republicans. So basically everyone else is just schlepping along. But there's no question about it. Donald Trump is a leader of the Republican Party. You look at the the primary results, he didn't win them all, but he won the overwhelming majority of them. And it isn't because he's a tyrant or an authoritarian. It's because that many people in the Republican Party, the grassroots who typically vote in these primaries, have awakened to the fact that the party is going in the wrong direction and that it can't compete against the Democrat Party and what they're offering the American people, which is, you know, that's a whole other podcast. But I think in the last year and a half, you've seen what the alternative is. I mean, if you're political opposition, you get targeted, you get censored, you get uh, indicted, you get uh, raided, um, canceled, memory hold. Uh, the policies are all, uh, spending trillions of dollars of money we don't have that's causing inflation and tanking the economy, screwing around on the world stage, botching Afghanistan, getting us involved in a Ukrainian uh, you know, quagmire. And um, that's just at the top of my head. Yeah, well, thank God none of our boys and girls are over there in Ukraine. I... I tell you what, I'm like you. I've watched almost every address since I was very, very, uh, you know, growing up with grandparents that, you know, that was just what we did. That's, there was one TV in the house. You, you sat around when the president spoke. And the first one I remember is Ronald Reagan. Then I grew up and became a political junkie and, and news nerd. And so, yeah, I watched most of Clinton's. I watched most of George's speeches, even Obama and Donald Trump. Never have I seen a president talk this divisively and this angrily towards a certain group of Americans. Uh, CNN covered this i imagine msnbc i didn't see it on the broadcast networks they showed regularly regular scheduled programming fox news did not cover this and i bet you not a lot of people watch this thank heavens but it will be it's it's on the it's on the opening night of college football (laughs) i mean i don't think anybody was thinking in a lot of ways but yeah you're I don't know if, how many people watch this thing. I don't know how many people who watched it were were motivated uh, outside of the what I believe their target audience is for this. They, I they think... wanted the base to, to tune in and to get motivated. That's why this language is in here. This language isn't in here for the suburban mom who just found out that maybe their principal at their local high school is discriminating against Catholics. Uh, in their hiring practices, or they're teaching their kids to to identify differently than who they than their their biological assignment or what I don't know what the words are anymore. I mean, 
and I and I want to be clear. If and I think you would agree with me, John. If a person, you know, wants to identify, however the hell it is they want to identify, that's their business. But this stuff shouldn't be in the schools. No, it shouldn't be. Uh, and that's the thing, you know the uh, the pandemic woke up a lot of suburban moms to being taught in schools. That's why you had the suburbs of Northern Virginia and local races vote overwhelmingly Republican. And I don't want to get off of this. You know, a lot of talk about violence. Violence. Did he forget about the riot of 2020? Did he forget about people with MAGA hats? All right. So I was about in my rant when... It was a good one. Yeah. When all shit hit the fan. Well, so, let, me just say that, let me just say this to help set it up even more. All right. In the speech, Biden even cited a federal judge who apparently said that MAGA Republicans are a clear and present danger to our democracy. The threat is real. Um, I gave you the quote earlier about um, what he said uh, about um, – MAGA being the threat. Trump is the threat. And then he says, MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They ref refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they are working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to the cr uh, cronies that are election deniers undermining democracy itself. I mean, it's incredible. It's unreal. And I this is going to stir violence against the MAGA Republicans. I think really you're going to see, much like we saw in 2016, people... I don't want to say bullying, but they were bullying anyone with the red baseball cap, anyone with the Trump T-shirt, all of that. You know, you had teenage kids being attacked by grown-ass adults. You had adults putting their kids up to going and ripping people's hats off their heads, throwing milkshakes on people. Uh, yeah, this was to fire their base up. And I'll be honest, I've been trying to tweet and podcast lately. The Republicans have to get their base out. This cannot be a speech that makes us feel shitty or makes us want to give in and give up. That Oh, man, you know, the president is, well, I don't think MAGA Republicans will give up or anything, no matter what he says, but... I don't well, think what, this should be a downer of a speech for us. I think this should be a motivator for Republicans to get out there and vote in this midterm, or else you're going to see yourself 
under political attack from your own government. Well, they're already under attack. You know, there's a lady down in Texas, uh, Joy Lynn. Um, uh, 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 I can't. It starts with the last name Morales or something. It starts with an M. She was on the People's Pundit uh, with Rich Rich Barris. It's a YouTube thing uh, this week. Yeah. And this isn't limited to, oh, they're just rating Donald Trump. They'll never, you know, what about the average person? This woman and her family happened to be driving down the highway and saw a Joe Biden bus. And if you remember, in 2020, they were in Texas or something. And they pulled up alongside the bus and honked the horn or something and, you know, pulled out their, their Trump flags, their, their MAGA flags. This lady's now being sued under a law passed in 1851 that was in, intended to uh, curb activities of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> and, and this case is moving forward, and it's going to cost her about a half a million dollars in legal fees. Oh, my so, God. So I think you make a good point, John. Um, you know, th this speech was for the Democrat base. They're facing, at the moment, uh, it looks like a pretty sound drubbing at the polls in November. Uh, so they have to get their people out and motivated um, to, to, you know, put, uh, to prevent total annihilation at the polls. However, and then this is the same group of people that continues to target the political opposition in this country, deny hundreds of people uh, due process uh, rights that are currently sitting in a jail in Washington, D.C. for 500 days or getting, you know, the January 6th stuff. I mean, it's real. Uh, and, you know, the people that did bad things that day are, are going to be punished. Uh, but it's not a complete investigation. Uh, and that's unfortunate because I think everybody wants to get to the bottom of, of what happened there. But this is how this um, administration views and treats people that they disagree with. Uh, they're extremists. They're threats to the democracy. This was this capstone speech tonight uh, that Biden gave to set up, you know, how their people should think. And I think you bring up some good points. Would you put a Biden or would you put a Trump sign in your yard in, in in a competitive community? Would you talk to people about your political views if you are a Trump supporter in any kind of environment? No, they're trying to silence us. But that's okay. You know, we're going to come out and vote. But also what this speech is, at, is getting at is that sliver of Republicans that isn't a whole lot, but in close elections could could be enough to cause us problems. Um, you know, the Larry Hogan's, the John Kasich crowd, the Mitt Romney crowd, the Lincoln Project crowd, uh, the country club Republicans, some people call them rhino, whatever it is you want to call them, uh, moderates. Um, that's also what this, who this speech is geared towards, to, to um, you know, embarrass uh, them from even voting in the privacy of their own home, even uh, for Donald Trump. It's a continuation of what was done 
for basically the entire four years of Trump, that this guy is so evil that uh, we, we that uh, the mere mention of his name causes people to be triggered. And then the people that support him are nothing more. I mean, you just read between the lines here. This speech tonight, if you support Donald Trump, you're a domestic terrorist. This just sickens me as an American. Somebody's loved this country since I was a kid. Somebody's always dreamed of giving one of these speeches. You know, I've gone out and campaigned. I voted ever since I was 18. And to hear my president speak like this to the American people and basically tell the country, the 81 million people that voted for me are saints and that you're supposed to hate the other 74 million that voted for the other guy. Um, to say that a, a portion of the country that disagrees with you is so radical and vile and, like you said, domestic terrorist. Uh, I mean, he essentially called us every name in the book. Yeah. And, you know, he's trying to make some Republicans shy away from being proud to be Trump supporters and being proud to be Republicans. And he's trying to make the Democrats more fired up. And really, I think he's stoking the flames of violence, but not from our side, from his side, his well, radical. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I, I I looked at it as he's trying to stoke some MAGA people into triggering, trying to trigger them. But it very well could be the opposite effect as well. That's a good observation. Because... It, you know, it's like when Maxine Waters came out when Trump won and said, if you see them, tell them they're not welcome, get in their face, create a crowd. And the next thing you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is out trying to get dinner and people are creating a crowd around her to the point where she, you know, had to leave the restaurant. And I think that restaurant right. ended up going out of business, which was, I guess, nice to a point. But I don't know where their owners stood on the whole thing. Um, there were also, you know, instances, well, I mean, you just think about the, the Kavanaugh hearings and the chaos and the intimidation and just the craziness that was going on there. You brought up, look what, look what they did to drum up. They, they said the same things leading up into 2020 and the country blew up in the streets with Antifa riots. Um, I mean, in Seattle, they, cordoned off a, a special zone for themselves for a period of time where uh, drugs and assaults and sexual assaults and rapes and murders uh, were occurring. And uh, they looked at this and called it the summer of love. This is great. And Biden wouldn't condemn it, but he's condemning political violence now. But he sure wasn't when he was running for president because it wasn't part of the, the, the talking points. Now it is. And, you know, he's got some gall to stand up there and say, you know, it's confession, confession through projection. Oh, the other side doesn't think elections are legitimate if they lose them. 
I mean, the Democrats never accepted 2000, 2004, and 2016. They haven't accepted a Republican victory since 1988 yeah. in anything. And uh, so that's really fresh coming from him because everybody knows the Democrats had objected to the last three presidential uh, contests won by Republicans. And Republicans contested this one, which had a hell of a lot more questions in it than the others. And a lot more inconsistencies. Um, and clearly, uh, things were changed heading into this election to the extent that those changes actually impacted the outcome of the election. Unfortunately, we were never able to get to the bottom of it. Though in Wisconsin and in Pennsylvania, where they had these questionable voting procedures initiated at the last minute, uh, two states that Biden uh, was certified the winner by a small amount. Uh, judges have come in to say this method of voting was n not proper, illegal, throwing in <laughs> doubt the, the votes that were cast that way. But, you know, that is what it is. Now we have a speech here by a president that's basically saying all those people who, you know, had legitimate questions. Um are a threat to democracy. And there's this picture going around. J.D. Vance tweeted it out about an hour ago of Biden giving this speech in front of Independence Hall with his red background looking like maybe he's in hell or something. It's just a very dark yeah. and disturbing-looking background of this, of this man shouting, almost... A reminiscent of that movie V for Vendetta or something from George Orwell's 1984. You know, if a picture's worth a thousand words, this is worth a couple of them. And Vance says, I can't believe this is a real photograph. It depicts the president of our nation as he took to the airwaves and spoke about his fellow citizens as if they were sewer rats. Yeah, these are his fellow Americans he's talking about. He says in there, you know, uh, you know, I remember her saying, I'm not a blue, I'm not a red president, I'm for everybody. And then he goes on to bash 74 million people that voted for Donald Trump. Whether More he than says, bash them, he, he's calling him domestic terrorists in so many words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just degrading them to subhuman. And that's why, you know, you kind of had the feeling maybe he's going to stir... Uh, the pot with uh, Republican voters or the MAGA crowd into doing something stupid. And I'm sure one or two will, but how many thousands of his own people is he stirring up? And is he are going to attack Republicans, attack the MAGA crowd? You know, it's now going to become uh, taboo and, that's the, the lightest way of putting it. If you're wearing a MAGA hat in public now, these left-wing loons that support Joe Biden are going to come at you physically, I have the feeling, because they've been given license by their president. License They're to riot, license to assault, license to bully, license to intimidate, license to target. Yeah, he mentioned violence so many times in this speech. Political violence, 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 violence. There's one day out of all of the violence that you can possibly pin on 
Republicans and MAGA Republicans. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. January 6th, okay, you can say Republicans that were wound up about Donald Trump and thought they were supposed to walk into the Capitol and protest inside the Capitol, rioted and did stupid things. That's one day. Never mentions all of the days that rioters appeared at Donald Trump rallies, rioters that we thought were going to be at the Republican convention in Cleveland. People were telling me, don't go to the Republican convention in Cleveland. There's going to be a riot. And I'm, and it hit me right then. I'm like, wait a second. It's not the Trump supporters that are fighting and starting fights or riots at Trump rallies. It's his opponents on the left that are showing up way back in 2016 that were showing up at Trump rallies and fighting and rioting on a small scale. And then after the George Floyd thing, you saw it on a massive scale and not one Democrat ever condemned that. And the Eve Maxine Waters was out there again saying, if we don't get the verdict we want, we're going to have to take it to the streets. You know, they incite violence and CNN and these networks cover for them. Yeah, and I think what's important for to, for people to hear right now that are listening to this podcast is these. this is the president. There's no doubt. This man has a lot of power. Um, I think you're a little too generous about your description of January 6th. Um, there were a lot of people that have not been held account for their actions that day. Uh, whose actions made it possible for a lot of people to find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, who were literally doing nothing, uh, but, you know, in many cases, even invited into the Capitol by the police. And AOC even said that was a frustration of hers. Uh, but that doesn't ignore, um, that doesn't ignore the people that assaulted police officers and, you know, people that were um you know throwing things through windows i mean that's not what this is about right i mean that hurt our cause that day yeah go ahead finish your thought uh but i but i guess um so i don't i don't want to get distracted on january 6th but it's appropriate to bring it up because we're talking about, you know, the political environment, and that was the topic of this speech, the political environment, the country that you want. But it, more importantly, I think people need to hear right now, yes, this is a powerful man. Yes, there was a lot of lies that were said tonight, and there's been a lot of lies and mistruths spoken from the White House in the last uh, recent time and in the last year and a half. Please understand this. It's not worth it to do something stupid. You know, we cannot beat these people as we need to beat them at the ballot box with the popular support that we have and convincing more to, more to join us if we take the bait. 
if we allow our emotions to become to, to get the better of us. And we did see that uh, on January 6th, even with some of the planted folks that were there that, you know, encouraged some poor behavior on and did some things to cause issues. We've seen that, frankly, Big John, on the left with people who legitimately were protesting what they felt was police violence towards their community. And folks came in and co-opted those George Floyd protests into riots at night. Now, those are professional yep. agitators that did that. And the, there, were, there were some very legitimate grievances that average ordinary Americans have with the way that they feel their government at all levels is protecting them, representing them, keeping their interests in mind, whether it's on the left or the right. And the, there's agitators planted by who, uh, who knows. So we can't take the bait anymore. And that goes for everybody that's exercising their constitutional rights to peacefully assemble and petition their government and air their grievances. So I think that's an important message that I want to get out here. This was a very this was a very incendiary speech. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it, but we cannot allow I mean this certainly was more incendiary than anything Trump said. On January the sixth, or this was so unpresidential, Doc. It's so unpresidential, and yes, but we we the point is we cannot allow it. We have to we have to make sure that instead of telling someone to f off or getting somebody's face, that we just harness that energy and harness knock on a couple, the ballot box. The ballot box. Knock on a couple extra doors. Give a few extra bucks. You know, times are tough for a lot of people. Give a few extra bucks if you can. Make some phone calls. Um, talk to some people that you're comfortable talking to, to. To you know, convince them. That's how you. That's how you beat. That's how we don't let this happen again in this country. That's how we don't let this happen again. What happened in 2020? What's happening today? And I'm saying 2020 was more than the election. You know. A lot of issues went down in 2020 across the board. We just can't have this happen anymore. We're at, we're, I will agree with, with Biden one way, you know, we're at a, it may, seems like they say this all the time, but you know, this is one of those times where it's like somebody needs to hit the, the, the pause button here. And it's not, clearly it's not Joe Biden. You know, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this. You know, this has been Joe Biden's dream his whole life. He's wanted to be John Kennedy or one of these guys. This is where he's always seen himself. And in some warped way, he thinks that he's giving a great speech, talking down, you know, the, the supposed racism that he sees, the division and if he really believes that the ultra MAGA are the new Southern Democrats 50s and the new KKK or whatever he thinks of us, 
he really thought tonight he was given a great political speech that's going to go down in history. And this guy is a, a terrible person. He attacked Justice Clarence Thomas. He, Joe Biden's a racist person. We know that from what he says, has said in the past. And he really destroy, tried to destroy this country tonight. Whether he thought he was given some great political speech that will be remembered forever as one of the greats, I don't know. But hmm, he sure did a lot of damage. And we have to maintain ourselves and we have to not fight like hell because that's going to get taken the wrong way. We, we keep calm. We win the argument peacefully. And we go to the polls in November and vote like hell peacefully. But we- yeah, if, you, if you want to see what Joe Biden's America looks like and how the left handles defeat, uh, right now, uh, Salty Cracker on Twitter just retweeted something from Mays Moore. Footage from D.C. on the day of Trump's inauguration where people are spray painting buses, spray painting buildings, kicking through windows, throwing st- stones and rocks through downtown businesses, shattering huge uh, planes of panes of glass and into stores, setting things on fire, setting cars on fire, flipping cars over, further vandalizing cars, rioting in the streets. The cops had to storm the streets to break up the crowd, fire tear gas. Cops were assaulted. Uh, objects were thrown at police. This all happened. Uh in and around the inaugural inaugural zone. It's why a lot of people couldn't make it to the inauguration because they, they couldn't get through this, you know, ring of intimidation. Yeah. You know, so Joe Biden can, can kiss it uh, as far as I'm concerned with this. You know, he didn't cont- condemn the assassination attempt against Justice Kavanaugh recently. As a matter of fact, his press secretary said, well, you know, these, you know, emotions are running high. Uh, he didn't yeah. say anything about pro-abortion attacks on pregnancy centers or the vandalization of GOP political offices. BLM or Antifa domestic terrorists who killed dozens of Americans and billions in damage and destroyed American cities in 2020. Uh, all because people were upset uh, at uh, all, because all people were upset at Trump winning the presidency, but more importantly, in their view, stealing it. And just finally here, this tweet by Ari Fleischer, who is no, you know, ultra MAGA of any kind. Hell no. But he had this take. There's no difference between Biden's campaign speech tonight and his 2012 message that the GOP under Romney wants to put you all back in chains. Biden is the most divisive, over-the-top, rhetorically vile, bumbling, inarticulate president in history. And that's good point by this is the same guy that gave a speech to a bunch of black people in 2012 that said romney and the republicans are going to put you back in chains what a monster he is a monster he's deranged he's deranged 
And you know something, Doc? I know when I was thinking about making this podcast uh, with you, I, I know you, you have three daughters. Cautious. But we now know the actions of the FBI and, and by people being uh, uh, sentenced, convicted, pardon me, of stealing this this diary that what I saw online about what he did to his daughter, what a family member did to his daughter, it's fucking true. And it's our president. Now, I'll let people look that up for themselves because I don't want to go too far here. I've listened to podcasts with the uh, author of the book Laptop from Hell. And she's the one that brought to my attention that Joe Biden has always wanted to be like the Kennedys. And his son, Hunter, has had to be the breadwinner of the family. And that's why Hunter has some of the bad habits that he has, that he's been under pressure to be the lawyer, to pay the bills, because Senators don't make a lot of money, not for the lifestyle that Joe Biden has to live. And so he's not only a bad president, a racist person, it seems like he's been a bad parent and and at the least a creepy, creepy old man. Uh, And anyway, so but back to this. Let me say let me say this about the diet. I do want to I think it's relevant. Because this guy, this guy is making a lot of charges against average ordinary Americans, you know, upwards Correct. of seventy, uh, upwards of seventy-four million people as threats to democracy because, you know, they don't want children sexualized, uh, they want parents to have a say in education, they believe in election security, they're against forced max masking, vaccination, indoctrination, they want free speech. I mean, the list goes on. You, you know, we're, you're you're a you know you're a fascist if you believe in those things. You're now a threat to democracy. But I so I think it's relevant to bring some of these other things up and specifically this diary. Now I have not seen uh, the details of this diary. I, I know what's in it by simply listening to people who know what's in it talk about it. Uh, it's pretty disgusting, you know. If if this if these allegations happened. It's clearly an inappropriate relationship with a parent in their in their child. Uh, in, not not relationship. I said that wrong. It's inappropriate conduct between a parent and their child, let alone uh, a father and their daughter. In, in you know, in in the I'll let you you figure it out yourself. Um, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, that's all I can say is that's not something I would ever do. And then he added to the fact that his his, his son uh, had this computer with all these images and you know frustrations with his relationship with his father. I mean, this guy clearly has a screwed up family. He's the leader of it, and his kids don't like him. Now, whether or not the allegations are true, uh, all around, at least in the, I mean, they're both the diary and the computer are legitimate. 
Yes. So, you know, what's on, and, and they were, you know, they're, they're not propaganda. It's not Russian propaganda. That These actually belonged to these two kids, and this is what they had to say. I mean, Mark um, Zuckerberg buried that Hunter Biden laptop story for no good reason? Oh, well, shit. You know, he had a good reason, John. The FBI the told FBI, him to. Yeah, the FBI told him to. We both said it at the same time. <laughs> Right. Yeah, the FBI said don't don't let it get it. and because it's clear that if any of this stuff would have come out and had been covered in any kind of way, not to mention mm -hmm. the fact that this guy was a, a zero even before all this, he wouldn't have won this election. And it's also clear that if rules hadn't have been administered in, in, in election procedures hadn't been administered in such a way uh, as they were in 2020 to take advantage of uh, COVID as a pretext to change things that uh, he wouldn't have gotten the uh, number of votes that he got in certain key states to the degree that changed the outcome. It, that debate never happened, uh, but well, it's likely. It's likely. So the point is this guy who, you know, couldn't win a primary in yeah. 2020 to save his life. And all of a sudden, you know, it was decided that they couldn't, he couldn't beat Bernie in a Democrat primary. So they had to rig it. Um, I mean, they're still trying to figure out who won the 2020 Iowa caucus. You know, was it Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders? Nobody knows. But it was. But it, well, I can tell you, it wasn't Joe Biden. And right. He didn't win New Hampshire. He didn't win Nevada. And then, then what happened happened because Obama got involved and made some calls and told everybody, "You're getting out, and we'll pay you off. One, you know, come, you know, hell or high water, we'll pay you off." And these people, you know, Kamala Harris is the vice president. Pete Buttigieg is the secretary of transportation. Uh, other people are in other places. Those were the main main actors. Um, po point of it is, you know, this is what these people did to seize power in 2020. And yet it's confession through projection. Um, yeah. The speech that he gave tonight is exactly what they did. Uh, into to this country from January 20th, 2021, or 2017, all the way through the present day. Well, you know, I, I think enough of this, I think. Well, John, let me just ask you this. Where was the policy in this speech? Yeah, well, there was no policy. It was all rhetoric I mean, frankly i could john i'll be honest with you i could make a good argument mm -hmm. for bipart for bipartisan joe now a lot of it is because of the capitulation of mitch mcconnell and his incompetent leadership in the united states senate to be a true opposition party um but i could make a very good argument that Joe Biden has a pretty good legislative track record. Now, whether or not those it turns out to be good policies is is another argument. But if you're having that argument, you're kind of playing defense. Right. And so it's to Biden's advantage. He didn't even make the, his, uh, the policy case I would have made in this speech. If this guy was really a unifier, he wouldn't have talked about Donald Trump in the MAGA Republicans in the manner that he would. He would have got up there and said, look how far we've come. We have, we have, we are now back to normal for the vast majority of people who feel comfortable being normal. And we're also accommodating people who want a little more protection with COVID. 
We passed two major COVID relief packages, one of which was bipartisan at the beginning of my term as providing relief and assistance to millions of Americans across the board. And we still have a lot of challenges, some of which is economic fallout uh, from the COVID uh, situation, but we did it in a bipartisan way. I've also passed an infrastructure bill bipartisan, and I've passed two pieces of legislation that were more controversial, but here's what they're gonna do for you, the American people, and the Republicans got in the way of all of these things. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, where was the, the positive message for America to go forward? It wasn't there. It wasn't there. And it's what we're talking about in our book club, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future by Newt Gingrich. A, sub, a subtext of this is presenting policy alternatives. Not only did Biden not present his policy achievements, of which there are many, you could argue, uh, in a year and a half with a closely divided Congress. Um, but the Republicans haven't given a policy alternative. And, and yet all we have is one side calling the other side the threat to democracy and the other side saying, well, we just want to get to election day because we think we're going to win. How does the average ordinary American look at this and say, uh, people are looking out for me? Well, you know, this is where Republicans need to stop listening to the uh, consultants and need to put together three to five concise talking points like energy independence, uh, lower gas prices, more freedoms. Uh, these things, I can't name them all here, but I've named them over and over in other podcasts and tweeted them and stuff. And Republicans have to come out with a message from now till November and vice versa. The Democrats need to uh, come up with some talking point other than Donald Trump, who's not an elected official anymore, is an asshole. <laughs> and Republicans need to campaign on something other than Joe Biden is an asshole. And frankly, a lot of people are just going to stay at home this November. And frankly, it can't all be driven by the questionable, some say rigged nature of the 2020 election. As important as that is to at some point get to the bottom of this thing. Um, it, it, your, your, your policy agenda can't be all talking about that. I mean, uh, Breitbart News tweeted out, inflation remains the top issue for Americans heading into the 2022 midterm elections, while only 1% of voters said the economy is in excellent shape, according to a Wednesday Quinnipiac poll. Inflation is a top issue. That means, for those of you in, in, in uh, as Rush used to say, real Linda, the stuff at the grocery store costs more. Right. And, and, and there was no, no, he didn't talk about that. Um, in any kind of detail, if at all. Um, I mean, it is, and, and you don't see anything out of Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, where's the Republican rebuttal to this? I mean, this wasn't a state of the union, but what they we don't have El Rushbo anymore, but somebody needs to be 
out there tomorrow on whatever platform they can get on and rebut this. I mean, it's going to be, I'm telling you, Doc, fuck, right. screw Mitch McConnell. He is a scumbag, and he's calling this field of Republicans weak. It's going to be up to Donald Trump to get us across the finish line. Well, it will be, because if you want to stop what you heard tonight, then it's going to be up to Donald Trump. It's like he did in 2018. We we held the Senate in 2018 because of Donald Trump going nonstop campaigning in a lot of states to drag people over the finish line that a lot of people weren't comfortable with voting for. Yeah. And the same thing's going to have to happen this year, and it's going to have to happen in Pennsylvania. It's mm. probably going to have to happen in Arizona and in Georgia to get those three Republicans across the finish line. And, and right didn't now, Oh, go ahead, finish no, your talk. No, I'm just to say, and right now, uh, Mitch McConnell's out there. He doesn't uh, want to work for Oz. He thinks Peter Thiel should pay for it. Um he does not want Blake Masters as a senator from Arizona because he doesn't support McConnell and will be trouble. And they think that they can pick up one or both in Nevada and New Hampshire. So who cares about Arizona? George is definitely winnable and will probably win it, but they're not sure what to do there. So they're just dumping 25 to $30 million in Ohio to make JD Vance a friend to try to, you know, be friendly to him because they know he's going to win anyhow when that money should be in other States. Right. But they're screwing this up and they're, and what they're trying to do is they're, they're counting um, votes for leader before votes for the majority. And that's right. what this is all about. And we, we have an opportunity here to win five seats in the Senate. To get yep. the, and let me t- and let me tell you something. Five seats in the Senate right now, not only would be huge, more than likely probably two or three, but if five is doable. And let me also tell you, don't sleep on Colorado. That's a blue state, but don't sleep on Colorado. If this wave, if 2020 was any kind of wave year, we could pick off that Colorado Senate seat. But I'm not saying it's going to happen, but keep an eye on it. If that's within four points on election night, and it may be a while before we know, and we'll know some other races before then. Um, okay, we kind of hit some technical difficulties there, folks. Uh, but we wrapped it up pretty well. Uh, just want to quickly end the podcast with do the like, sharing, and subscribing. And remember this November, get out there and vote like hell. Stay peaceful and win. Win the argument, then win the vote. God bless you. Have a good night. Pray for each other and God bless America.